you're listening to The Private Citizen, we talk about privacy and all these other pesky rights you have that people want to take away from you all the time. This is episode 72 for Thursday, the 3rd of June, 2021. The Political Implications of Ransomware. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Private Citizen. I'm your host, Fab, coming to you live from Düsseldorf in Germany, where apparently it's a holiday today, um, which I, I didn't know, uh, of course, because I'm a freelancer and we don't care about holidays, but apparently everybody's out there having fun and I'm, I'm working. Well, um, it's not that nice. The weather's not that nice, so it's, it's kind of okay. Anyway, I'm here, um, as you can tell, uh, a day late. Usually I try to get these out. Well, I, I try to get these out on Wednesday. Um, yeah, once again, my work-life balance, or as I like to call it, my work-work balance kind of um, destroyed that plan. But I'm here now, um, and we're going to have a show. We're going to talk about ransomware, which is a topic that is not very interesting to me, uh, and I'm going to explain why. But sometimes there are these topics that, you know... Um, aren't interesting to me but everybody's talking about them and i think we need to talk about them because i think uh, as as happens a lot uh, everybody else especially all my other colleagues in the press are kind of talking about the wrong aspects that you know they get they're getting things wrong and um and and this is also uh something uh, you know it, it ties in with cyber war which i talked about earlier in an early episode of the show and it, it ties ties into all, all other kinds of things um, that are important um, to us and um, also um, ties, ties into privacy uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how that works anyway um, as I said uh, this, this episode's a day late I will get back to the Wednesday schedule uh, maybe not next week though um, because I might try to get the episode out early um, I think from my current plan I could do it on Wednesday uh, but I'm scheduled to get a vaccine on Tuesday, um, and uh, it, it, you know, some people are re reporting, you know, inconveniences, uh, side effects like headaches, and you know, having having a day where they're under the weather, and that would be Wednesday, the day after, which which would be when I usually record this sh uh, this episode, and I'd really, you know, the next episode, um, and I really don't want to risk that, so I might I might just try to get ahead of it. Uh, get a, get the shot on Monday if I can manage to do that. But we will see. Um, yeah, um, is that everything? Is that everything I need to talk about uh, in the beginning here? I don't think there's anything, any any other uh, Im important important things to talk about. So um, let's let's talk about the topic at hand. Let's talk about, even though I don't want to, ransomware. <laughs> So you might be asking yourself, why the, why the hell doesn't he want to talk about ransomware? <laughs> Isn't he uh, like a, a, a privacy security journalist? I am, and that's that's exactly the problem. Um, I, you know, I've been I covered ransomware uh, very closely when the whole thing started a couple of years ago. I can't remember, but you know, it was interesting to me at the point you know when when uh, NotPetya was hitting, and you had the first time that you. We then figured out that basically uh, state actors, I, I talked about this uh, in the um, 
in the cyber war episode, uh, yeah, cyber war episode of the show. That was episode sixty. So maybe if you haven't listened to that, that might be something you want to listen to, as well. You know, not not before you continue listening to this, but you, you, I mean, I would recommend listening to that. Anyway, so um, you know, not Petya the first time like a state actor pretended to be cyber cyber um, a ransomware. Um, that was interesting. Of course, ransomware in the very beginning was interesting from a technical perspective. Um, I don't think, to me, it never was anything was like, oh my god, this is like amazing. Um, in hindsight, even I think it's it's kind of incredible how long it took criminals to figure this out. Because I mean, all the ingredients were there for a very long time. Uh, we have Trojans that you get people, uh, you you know, you send people emails or whatever. Um, and you try to get them to install a Trojan, you know, a, a, a malware dropper that in itself doesn't really do anything. It just like uh, establishes a foothold on that person's system, and then it can be used to download any other kind of uh, malware that you want to put on that system. We had that for ages, um, uh, and people were doing all kinds of stuff with that, you know, um, putting like spyware on people's computers to, you know, key lockers to try to figure out their banking credentials. That was one. Um, just owning their machine and putting it into botnet, stuff like that. And then, of course, we also had the ability to uh, encrypt files in a um, cryptographically secure way, um, you know, with public-private key crypto even to, like, exchange keys and, you know, have a way that you have files that you will never get access to if you lose the key you used to encrypt them, i.e. the password or whatever, you know, in a in an encryption system. Um, we had that, you know, we, ha we have we've had that for decades. Uh, and then, of course, also the other big factor that, that made this all happen is that, you know, people do not have backups. Um, most people don't have backups. Most, like a lot of people don't have current backups. Many companies have backups, but they don't know if they work. Like, you know, I was... I was working in IT support, I remember in like, what, um, you know, this is like 2007, 2006 maybe, and you know, for schools, and they had servers, and we had backup systems, and I would, you know, something would happen, and I would routinely come across, like, you know, have the Schrodinger's backup, as, as it's called, moment, where you're like, okay, they have a backup. Um, is this actually the data they need? And there were always situations where it didn't. Like I can remember one school um, where I basically figured out that uh, somebody either at the school or a colleague who had set the system up, you know, we were using SUSE servers and this the server would back up every night, um, except there was a problem in the script and the backup was always, I'd looked at, I looked at the backup, list like at the files at the archives and they were all zero bytes long so something happened uh i can't remember what it was like some problem in the script and it would just not back up correctly so they thought they had backups going back years in fact they didn't have anything um and this is of course something that that happens to a lot of people so all these ingredients were there and then at some point somebody figured out hey we can actually um instead of just like you know you know when you infect somebody's system and you're waiting for them to do something you know like get banking credentials or something that's very tedious and your chance of success is not very high if you go i mean if if it works you, you potentially get a lot of money maybe you don't even get a lot of money because the guy's not poor or whatever um, if you go and you own somebody's system and then you encrypt their files 
your chances of these files being important to those people are pretty much 100%. That doesn't mean you can successfully extort them because a they need to be willing to be extorted. Uh, they need to, you know, maybe they have backups, whatever. Maybe they just don't want to engage with criminals at all. They don't give a fuck about the data. Who cares? Uh, or maybe a big problem is that you extort them for Bitcoin. They have no idea how to buy Bitcoin. Right? This is why these ransomware groups often have like tech support, really, where they basically tell you how to buy Bitcoin. Um, so... Your, your chances of success are not 100%, but they're a lot higher than with all of these other schemes. Um, except maybe, you know, like card skimming, where you put, like, um, hardware ads, um, ATMs and stuff. Although that's just a lot more risky, right? With ransomware, if you're just sitting in somewhere in Russia or in Ukraine and you know that they can't touch you where you are, uh, you basically have zero risk. We're going to talk about that a little bit later. That's when I get into the political aspects of this. Um, but uh, yeah, so so it, to me, this was always uh, somewhat um, like it never surprised me that this happened. Uh, it never surprised me that it worked. And yeah, I mean, it was interesting when, you know, not Petya and like Merck, uh, no, no, yeah, Merck got hit as well, but like Maersk got hit and they had to work like with pen and paper for two weeks and, you know, looking at what what happened to that company. And that was interesting, but like this is like years ago, right? And everybody should have learned the lesson from that. And also, I don't think it's interesting anymore because of that, because we've seen all of this happen. Anything that's happening from this point on forwards, uh, in my eyes, is just obvious. Uh, but of course, that's that's a problem of a tech journalist when you're like at the forefront front, right? And you're continuously writing about stuff that just hits the mainstream press like five, ten years later, and then you're like, yeah, so what? Um, and I've learned this at with the Snowden revelations because I had the same um, instinct with the Snowden revelations because to me the Snowden revelations were, uh, yeah, I mean, weren't we all assuming? that this was happening anyway. And I remember I was assuming that and the people I was hanging out with at the time uh, were assuming that. I remember talking to Dan on Linux Outlaws back in the day and we were like, this is like, as another podcast I did back in the day. We were talking about Linux, but we also talked about tech news and stuff. And I think we were both like, yeah, I mean, we had both assumed uh, for years that that was exactly what the NSA was doing because, you know, that wasn't conspiracy theories. That that was also, like, known. There were reports on that. But I, I hadn't understood that this was important because now we had proof. You know, I didn't understand that. I didn't understand the proof and um, that being the important thing for the mainstream and for, you know, for everybody out there and, like, the, the, the popular media because at that point they could have, they could go oh, no, this is not some off-the-wall conspiracy nut theory, right? This is now something that we know. Um, it's just like, from a technical perspective, the Snowden revelations weren't exciting. They were exciting as in, yeah, now we actually have like some PowerPoint presentations from inside the... Yeah, that was cool. But like, uh, I mean, you know, what we learned for example, about how X key score works, like the system where they index internet traffic. I mean, that was just like straightforward. 
right? If before Snowden, you'd sat down, you think, okay, you're the NSA, you have a huge budget, and you uh, you have the ability to work with companies and compel them to just like um, massively just hoover up internet traffic, and then a lot of that traffic isn't encrypted. Like, how how would you go analyzing that? Yes, you write it all into a database, you index it. I mean, it's not. It's not like they did anything that is that is black magic there. And I think the same kind of applies to ransomware as well. For us, for us techie people, anything that's happening there is just like obvious. It's encryption networks. It's people, you know, social engineering, getting people to execute like malware. Um, we know all of that, but it is still important. Um, and, and I think it's very important to talk about this right now because the mainstream media is talking about this. And they are, as, as usual, they don't really understand the technical things behind what they're talking about. And they're listening to politicians rather than experts. And even if they get experts on, the experts always tell them the wrong thing. I mean, I've been an expert in these situations. You, they ask you something and you tell them something that's not what they want to hear. They want easy solutions. They want easy blame. And that's what the politicians and politically minded people give them. And that's what, what's being talked about. That has an effect that is, in this case, maybe not even that bad. Uh, but I think for us, um, we need to um, we need to talk about uh, and, and understand this. So, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, my hope is if you're listening to this episode, you're going to take away some stuff about ransomware that the next time when you're like e eating dinner with like your parents or whatever, right? you're somewhere, you know, when, once, once that is allowed again, whatever, <laughs> once, once that happens, um, or you're like on the internet, and you're talking to some people and they're not as technically minded, you, you get some, some things you can talk about and some, you can, you can direct their um, interest or their, their focus to, to something more constructive than that than what's happening like in normal tv and radio news or whatever or you know like mainstream uh, magazines on the internet um and this this also uh is very important if you're interested in in privacy because we're going to talk about one ransomware case here um which happened a bit ago where um in ireland the national health system uh got attacked and there are some some things i think we badly need to think about um because i mean if i want to if i wanted to distill down this whole episode i would say um ransomware is not the problem people being lazy is the problem and we need to fix people being lazy and there's a good case here for better privacy especially in healthcare um and i did an episode on um you know one of the fosdem talks this year um, was it this year um, where we talked about, you know, healthcare and maybe having a better way of like encrypting um, people's medical data and ways to organize this? Actually, I didn't I haven't linked this in the show notes I'm working off here. So I'll, I'm just going to quickly have a look um, because as I say this, I, I can't remember There's too many episodes. If you do a, like a podcast episode a week, it's a lot of episodes. Um so let me just see where where was this? I can remember was it was I was it was Fostem this year, wasn't it? So it must have been must have been in March. Um yeah. So the episode was called um All Your Data Belong to Us, episode fifty seven. And I did talk about a um 
uh, Fostem talk here by a guy who's who really like basically designing us or had the this is he was explaining the idea for your system where healthcare data is in the hands it's not stored with the patient but the patient decides when to decrypt it for example and who uh, who should be able to have access to this data because the data is being used um, also I mean that that was his his um, focus here was that companies actually make money of that data without the people I mean they they consent to giving this data to the hospital in the first place but they maybe don't see the whole implications of this and um, and I think this if we would implement something like this it would be also ben benefit uh, in case of you know an institution getting attacked like was the case in this Irish thing but we're going to talk about that uh, uh, in a bit um, what what just occurs to me there, like that, that that whole consent thing is very important. That's something that just I just remember maybe I should talk about, which is a little bit of an aside, but I'm going to get back to ransomware in a little bit. Uh, we were talking about this on the Discord uh, this week um, when um, a producer, I can't remember who it was off the top of my head, um, posted um, something about new Firefox and Mozilla redesigned the new Firefox. And they, they were like typical PR press release thing. Um, and they were like, yeah, we, so we, we, we analyzed what kind of, you know, they did like a, um, a heat map analysis of where everybody clicks on the UI and, you know, what's used and what's not used and which buttons you can move, which is, you know, um, normal UX design thing. Uh, and I don't object to that at all, but like they were said, we used, we analyzed like millions or like even billions of clicks and we had this little discussion in Discord because obviously they have this information from the uh, telemetry data that you can enable in Firefox and that is completely um, up to you. Like it's completely, um, like it's your decision if you want to do that. Um, but I think there's a difference like in, in, in giving consent to that. I don't think people understand and the producer I was talking to, I think, didn't really understand. He was like, this is this is cool. It's good that they're doing that. And obviously, you can turn this data collection off, so it's not bad. And I was I was like, it's creepy. I, th I think it's creepy. And um, to explain why I think that is, I think the Mozilla is a company made up of out of developers. They're all techies, nerds, developers. And they don't think like a lot of the users of their product Um it's good that they want to analyze their usage data because, you know, obviously they, because they don't think like them, they also build a UI that, that is not maybe best for the majority of Firefox users. So they want to listen to them and fix that. That's good. But like, if you ever seen the dialogue in Firefox where you consent to giving this telemetry data, like normal people don't, like, first of all, you get in a new browser, you're excited to try this new thing. Like you start it up and the first thing it asks you is like a pop-up or like a message, like, do you want to, do you want to turn on this data? At that moment, you don't want to think about that. Like you want to use that browser. You just click that away and you might just be clicking yes. You have no idea what telemetry data is. I think they're linking to a page where you can read. Nobody's going to do that. And nobody, like, I think a lot of people, I think, you know, millions of people click yes to that dialogue and give Mo Mozilla the information there. But if you'd, confront them with like a video of 
what Mozilla can like, you know, the, the, the way their data is being used that you can actually see where people click and what time they spend like in the browser. I think a lot of people would find that creepy. And I, I think a lot of people would reject their consent at that point. You know, they would say, no, I, I haven't consented to that. And I think that's a, it's a serious problem that we also face in lawmaking when it comes to privacy that getting consent from people and having those people understand what they're actually consenting to are two very, very different things. And you can see, for example, the GDPR is trying to address this. They have, like the GDPR has specified, you need to, they have this uh, concept of informed consent, right? They have specified certain ways uh, that you need to tell the user what their data is being used for, for them to give you consent. That's why the, the cookie messages, banners changed. And that's why for certain things, you can not just simply have a checkbox that links to some other page. You need to explain right there what they're consenting to. Um, it's not a perfect solution. I would even say it's a bad solution in the case of GDPR, especially with the cookie stuff, because, you know, that just people don't read those either. They just click through that. But at least they're trying, right? At least they have the concept of consent, uh, informed consent being important and it being different Um it is very different if your user just clicks yes on a pop-up or you cannot assume that if they do that, they actually understand what's going on. Um, that's just what I thought. I thought, you know, reading this Mozilla PR thing was completely like PRs being really amazing. This is all amazing. But if you read between the lines, I think some people would actually find it creepy that they use their data to make like heat maps and see what they click um, I mean, I know, for example, uh, publishing companies do this, right? They do this with website visitors. They have JavaScript on their page that shows shows them uh, for visitors. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, the stuff I've seen. This was pre-GDPR. But, like, you could you could do that. And then you could see where your visitors would read, right? And where, where they would be. And I was, I, people were like, when they explained this to me, like, you know, the developers, and like the, the salespeople, they're like, isn't this amazing? We can optimize our pace. And I was like, this is fucking creepy. People don't want to have this happen. Like, and these days after GDPR, you probably have to, them to opt in and all of this, like Mozilla did. But, you know, I think um, generally people don't understand, a lot of people don't understand what they're opting into. And um, this whole, like consent thing is, is 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 very important and i think i think this is also very important uh, in um in the topic which we're talking about here um when we when we later on we'll we'll talk a little bit about like healthcare and you know um i think people generally don't understand what's being done with their health data i mean they could find out um, they give you like, you know, I, my wife does this. She does like medical studies. So, um, you know, I, I've seen the forms they give people when they enroll them into medical studies. You, yeah, there are pages and pages and it explains to you what they can do with that data. But of course, nobody reads this. Like It's like fucking TOS uh, documents, right? Nobody reads them. That is a, is a serious problem. Especially then when something goes wrong and they figure out what is actually being done with the data. And they're like, oh my God, I've never opted into this in fact actually yes you did um but let's let's get back to the beginning here why are we talking about ransomware basically it's a topic right now uh, a huge topic and something a lot of the my colleagues in the in the popular press uh, are loving right now uh, it all started last month uh, with the hack of the colonial pipeline 
um, which is a huge pipeline that basically, as far as I understand, serves the whole eastern seaboard of the U.S. It basically transports all the oil from Texas towards New York and, and you know, um, uh, supplies ev everything in between with fuel. Um, and of course, they had they were attacked by a ransomware gang uh, called Darkseid, and uh, from seems from Russia, and um, that uh, caused huge pandemonium. I mean, it caused them to shut down operations uh, at the pipeline, which caused people to you know uh, fuel rationing and people to wait at at petrol stations and not getting any fuel. Oh yeah, the Ruskies, right? We have a <laughs> thank you for reminding me, Ash. Goddamn Ruskies! The goddamn Ruskies again. Totally not Putin. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, this is an aspect we're going to talk a little bit about in a, in a, in a second, uh, you know, the, the press's preoccupation with it being Russians. But um, the, I mean, the, anyway, yeah, yes. So let's, let's, let's first talk about that. That, 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 was the, that was the first case that happened that kicked everything off. Now everybody's really interested in ransomware. They were kind of before, but now they are as well. Then, of course, we had the Irish, um, it's called the Health Service Executive, which is the um, public health care system of the Republic of Ireland. As far as I can understand, it's basically the Irish NHS. Um, they got completely shut down. Uh, they couldn't work for uh, for some time. Uh, no appointments, like appointments dropped to like 10% of what they normally serve, which is of course a huge impact. Like if you have public health care and that most of your citizens, um, is expected that that would serve most of your citizens, if that shuts down, it's, it's a huge, huge problem. And then also, uh, thanks to Jonathan, um, who in Discord uh, posted the link, there was also, it's like, they're hacking the bloody meat plants now. There was also a, a ransomware attack recently on a uh, US meat packing plants by a company called JBS, which is a Brazilian, uh, the biggest uh, meat packing company in the world. Um, and that, that of course, uh, huge chaos. And once, once again, uh, Goddamn Ruskies! Then they're asking the uh, the average Russian in the street. Yeah. So what what do you think about the uh, you hacking everything? Cheeky bricky, palchik And That's about that. Uh, <laughs> um, no, of course, yes. Yeah, so so that's why it's it's a it's a topic around. It's 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 huge in the press. Everybody cares about it. And um, so let's let's first address some things here, right? The problem is not ransomware. If somebody. The Russians, whoever, who gives a fuck, gets into your pipeline and shuts it down. And it's shut down for like a week or whatever because all of your computers are fucked. And then um, the petrol supply on like a quarter of your country completely like destabilizes and, and breaks down. The problem is not the ransomware. The problem is A, you're having a pipeline, like one pipeline run by one company centrally that serves all of that, that has no failover whatsoever, right? And and I'm not just making this up. This pipeline had like a fire like a few years ago and the same thing happened. So it's not ransomware. Like it's it's the state just being negligent and having like one company run everything and they're, they're being shit and there being no emergency plan what actually happens if this thing shuts down. It's like what this 
this is showing us. It's kind of like, you know, the whole uh, SARS-CoV-2 pandemic thing. Um, just showing us how shit our supply lines are, how shit our our governments are planning things, that they have no no, no plan Bs for anything. Right? The favorite thing, plan, plan B, is that plan, plan A works. <laughs> um, that's that's the problem here. This fucking pipeline infrastructure was the problem, not the ransomware, right? Anybody with half a mind could have seen, like we've been writing about this. I mean, at least since not Petya, at least since the whole Merck, uh, uh, Merck debacle, that whole thing. Any company has has been put on notice. Wanna cry? All of that. You know, we they've been on notice for years now that they need a plan for this kind of thing, and. Uh, it's just it's just amazing um, that people are like, hey, it's the ransomware. That's like you know somebody. Let's say let's say somebody uses a hammer to bash down the door of a bank, gets in there, steals all the money, right? The press goes, oh my god, hammers! We've never seen such technology before. What is this? Then like a few days later, outlaw all hammers. Uh, what are you yeah, asking politicians like what are you doing about these hammers right instead of asking the real questions a why was there no alarm b why didn't they have like a, a, a locked uh, safe why was the money just lying around right the hammer is not the problem the hammer is not the problem your, your other lack of security is a problem same thing with the with the irish hack right so if you have a public health system that somebody gets in there, gets in the network, shuts the network down, and you can't do anything anymore. Today, you can't have that. You need a plan B. You need a fucking plan B. It's not like hospitals can't work if, 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 you know, if they don't have computers, right? I mean, it's harder, yes, but like, I've never understood this. There was like all this, you know, in Germany, uh, you know, I mean, we were still in Hamburg. They had like um, and at, at attacks at hospitals, and they're like, "Oh my God, this is this is pre-pandemic, uh, but still, everybody's like, oh my God, the emergency room is shut down.' It's like, and that happened to the uh, actually the university hospital in Düsseldorf here. This was before we moved here. Same thing happened. They were like, "Oh my God, the emergency hospital, uh, emergency room is shut shut down." Right? Um, not press, dumbasses, not understanding that a emergency rooms get shut down all the time you know it's like you have a like a i don't know a a, a big car crash they they get 20 uh people into the emergency room they close it like they have a mechanism for that where they just you know close the emergency room and divert everybody to other hospital so that that in itself is not a thing not like not such a bad thing happens all the time but then it's like oh my god they like how like an emergency room works without fucking computers, right? There's people coming in, you try it to them. I'm not saying what they're doing isn't hard. It's like a very hard job. But it's like having a person's medical history over the last 20 years um, is, is, is not that important if they come in and they've been shot, right? Yes, you have, you have to ask them or you have to somehow figure out are they allergic against like the painkiller you want to give them. <laughs> Right to operate on them. Yeah, you need to do all this shit, but like it's not like the 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 it break completely breaks breaks down. We don't have computers. You need a plan B for this, people. How dumb can you be in 2021 when you don't realize you're running critical infrastructure? You need a plan for what happens when all your computers don't work, because surprise, your fucking computer's running on Windows. 
doesn't even have to be ransomware. What happens if something else happens? What happens if your power goes out? Like you need a plan. How is it that you don't have a plan B? But that's 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 the one thing. Then of course, um, not just Windows. Windows XP says Ezreal true. Yes, I've seen as late as last year. I've seen Windows XP being used in hospitals. <laughs> um, so you can't really be surprised that everything goes tits up. Is what I'm saying here. Uh, but yeah, so so you need a plan B for that. Then the other thing is, of course, a big um, big thing with these ransomware gangs now, especially if they're uh, specifically attacking companies or organizations is what they're doing is they're not only distort you uh, extort you by saying um you know give us money or you won't get your data back because obviously if they have backups that doesn't work they might say no we're not paying we have backups from last week's good enough for us go fuck yourself um, what they of course also do now is they extort you with the data right they say we have your data so for a company you can go we have your secret products you know they did that with apple recently because they hacked the you know the the, the supplier one of their suppliers that builds the macbooks uh, in china got uh, ransomware and they got like the new apple even like a new apple logo apparently it's like it's apple's probably not gonna change his logo now out of spite but <laughs> um but you know i mean yeah that's so that's the thing that happens and now of course in the irish uh, case here um, they have people's medical data and they are extorting the the Irish state basically saying you need to pay us or we're going to leak this data and uh, I think the Irish uh, prime minister who's a great guy <laughs> looks like a hobbit it's an amazing dude though he went like oh, yo we're not yo, we're not paying we're not we're not paying uh, you know <laughs> with a glass of Guinness yeah fuck it fuck it man we're not paying um can't redo really an Irish accent, otherwise I would. Um, yeah, so so that's the problem now. And 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 here again, people are now outraged. Oh God, my health data, my 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 really private health data is now in the hands of criminals, and they could release it. Yeah. So first of all, since when is health? I, I mean, health data isn't private anymore, is it? Like, didn't we get rid of that with the pandemic? That's oh, just, just an aside. But like. Um, the problem there is not somebody hacking you, right? Oh my God, the Russians or whoever, um, or ransomware or whatever. That's not the problem. The problem is why do you have a health system where if 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 like if they get into somebody's network somewhere, they can just get all of the data? Like why do what we need? Obviously, we, this is like really critical private data. We need a system where that's encrypted. And when not everybody has, I don't understand why you have to have, like, even if you have a public health system, right? And I get in there. Why my health data has to be on some server and everybody, everybody within the system, so every hospital, whatever, has access to it. Uh, we don't have to have it that way. I think a system where um, I give, like, we don't have to go as far as this guy um, proposed uh, back in that Fostum talk. But, like, why isn't the system like this? I give... Um, my health data, let's say I have a, a GP, right? I have a general a doctor, right? I go to that doctor and here's my health data, right? And why isn't that encrypted? And then it, it can be stored centrally. That doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter where it's stored because it's securely encrypted. But only that doctor has the key 
And then if I go to a hospital or go somewhere else, he needs to send that key to them and then preferably delete it themselves or whatever, whatever, right? But like, that would be much preferable if only the people who need access have access. And we have a precedence for this. This is like the German health system worked like this for decades. You know, you had a GP, you had all your like data on like fucking paper in a drawer somewhere. And then if you went somewhere, um, it's another doctor or they would send you to another doctor, a specialist or whatever, they would take your folder, right? And, and mail that or whatever, or deliver it to the doctor or the hospital or whatever. And if you're in a hospital and it was kind of critical, that just phone, right? They just have like the, your GP's uh, phone number and they just ring up and say, okay, so we've uh, fabs and fabs here. And, uh, uh, you know, with this operation and what's he allergic to, like what, what, what did he have in the last 20 years? What, what do, what do we need to know? It's not like that doesn't work. Just people are fucking lazy. They just have this health data sitting somewhere on a central server in some cloud, some company's cloud, probably unencrypted, which means these fucking people, like if you do uh, extortion like this, if you're like a ransomware gang, you just have to break into some network somewhere and you can probably download all of this somewhere. There's, a, there's probably, they probably broke, I don't know. Well, I actually didn't look at the story that closely. Um, I don't even know if it's been out where they broke in, but they just need to break into like probably one hospital's network, whatever, and they can probably query the the, the central database and get all this data. Like, why? I mean, we need we need a plan for this, and this is where, where I mean, this is why where, where a topic like this um, intersects privacy a lot because you figure out when something bad happens, you, you figure out how bad the situation is, and what we need to address. Is not the bloody ransomware threat because that was well. I'm going to explain a little bit, but that'll going to be there all, for all time probably. Um, I mean that the, the thing they're doing with the data is just extortion. Extortion has been around for thousands of years, and it will now be around in the digital realm forever because people have now figured out how to do it digitally, so they're going to do it. Um, so we need a we need to fix the underlying problem. We need to, we need to f fix the backup problem. Right? We need everybody needs fucking secure backups. We need to have a plan B, what to do. Like if we're in a critical, if it's just some random company, who gives a fuck if they can't work for two weeks? I mean, it's bad for the company, but you know, I mean, some companies haven't worked for a year yet now and they have survived it. So you know, they they can survive that. Um, yeah, but if it's critical, we need to know how to operate the fucking shut down the power plant or operate the fucking. Uh, hospital without computers or with like a backup system. I, I don't know, a backup network. I don't know. Just have it like Battlestar Galactica. Have like a second network or something. Preferably running Linux if they hack your Windows. I don't know. You know, just something. You need something. You need that. And then we need, finally, we need, we fucking need people to store information securely and to encrypt it. Right? Of course, that's not going to solve every problem. Um, so the you know if you, if they break into a company and steal data, they probably get into the network and they just get the right computer, the admin's computer, whatever, and they get the keys and they can decrypt it. But like, I I guarantee you, it is not an uh, a coincidence that this Apple leak, for example, was with some random, well, not random, but like some Chinese company, right? They probably tried to get into the Apple network and get this information straight straight from within Apple. I, I bet you. It's a, lot harder because they are more secure right and they take care um 
of their data and they probably encrypt it and they probably have a strict regimen like who can access what information and stuff like that so that's that's what you need if it's critical like your company uh, and society's response to something like that shouldn't be oh my god ransomware or, oh my god the russians it should be like look what you like learn from this look what you like how you stored your information like all all this kind of stuff um yeah, actually, uh, Funky Duck in Twitch chat. Um, oh, I haven't mentioned this, but of course, I'm uh, recording this live on Twitch as usual. Uh, and Funky Duck is saying, uh, we need systems where a single compromised user isn't able to take down the entire network. Exactly. Or, you know, not... I mean, that doesn't have to be the case for everything. But, like, maybe not take down... Maybe they can't take down the really uh, critical systems. Or maybe they just don't have access to all the data. Um, th those are problems we need to fix and to be honest we should have fixed them decades ago our computer systems should be built like this it's just like that that's not how software is built right it's like it's like built to work not to be like secure and shit like that um, and we can't like it's really hard and really expensive to get that really secure but like we need to make a step more in that direction and that's, I think, what we should think about. We, we, that's what's important. It's not important that it's the Russians. That it doesn't. I don't care who's. We shouldn't. We all of us. We shouldn't care about what nationality uh, the guy was or like how the tool works specifically. That's not the point. If you're like in mainstream media, the things you need to understand is a. Um, the software works. And you can make it. You can make it cryptographically secure, and it will probably, from now on, always be around. B. You cannot have a secure system or a secure network completely. The com only completely secure system switched off. Um, there will always be security weaknesses. There will be vulnerabilities. People will get in. Um, at the very least, social engineering. The weakest link is always. Uh, the person sitting in front of the computer, you can't train everybody to be a security expert. Um, that would be way too expensive. Um, so they will be able to get in. So ransomware will exist. They will be able to get into your system. Um, if you have a backup, uh, if you have recent backups, uh, you can minimize a lot of the risk. If you store your data securely, as you should, uh, you know, because of privacy laws anyway, um, you can minimize a lot of the risk. And some of it will still happen. It's just crime, like any other crime, right? We have, if you live in a city, doesn't really matter where, anywhere around the world, there's people breaking into the houses and flats and stealing shit and asking why can't we stop ransomware? It's like, but you're not asking the police why they can't stop break-ins, right? It's just, um, it's just that's not how society works. It's like you have a problem, you you can do something against it, and people do sporadically do something against it. But like to make it go away completely, a problem like this would be uh, would would just require too much. I don't know, police organization. I don't know. It would just be too expensive, and it's generally not worth it. Like. If you look at the state, and the same thing is like with, with ransomware. Um, we can minimize it, and we will, but that will always will be happening, and we just need a way to deal with that. And by God, 
by God, it is 2021. We need ways for critical systems to operate when the computers go down. Just like, and we need to fix, like, why is it not a story that this is one pipeline you can hack and like half of the US goes dark? That is the problem. Why, why hasn't anybody planned around that, right? Why are hospitals uh, operated in a way that like you check out one critical thing and the whole thing goes down? Like that is something we know. We know now we need to fix this shit. We need to we need to make our 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 infrastructure resilient against this kind of stuff, and it doesn't really matter that the attack is like digital, right? Um, I mean, some somebody could have just gone and set fire to that pipeline at some point, and the same thing would have happened. So there's the promise you need to um, focus on, um, and then let's let's also talk about you know the Russians, it being the Russians. I mean, I talked about a lot of this uh, in the cyber war episode which was episode 60 it's kind of like the same thing you know when you read like the bloomberg story of the jbs hack it's like, like they they don't even they don't even care it's like ransomware like the really mainstream media is just like oh it's a hack it's a cyber cyber attack and like their thing is just ah it's definitely from russia update it's definitely from russia right and they make that out as if that was like a huge political thing of course it is a political thing and it, as the title of the show ha says it has political implications and i want to talk about those but like why are these people from russia is it just like are russians inherently evil evil no it's just simply um if your government if, if you have a country where you can do this kind of thing in other countries right and as long as you do it in other countries the government really doesn't really care right and they only go after these gangs if there's pressure pressure from without. And also, you know, it obviously helps that Russia is a huge country. Russia has historically had a lot of corruption problems. Um, and of course, that all helps. And then if you're in an area like East Ukraine, where there's basically war anyway, and the, the, the security uh, apparatus and the police has like completely different problems than some guy making some bitcoin by hacking like some american companies then you know that that helps of course but like um that that's why that's why this kind of stuff happens in russia it's just like why are the offshore banks uh that all the money gets funneled through like the gets gets you know when when they're laundering money are like in the marshall islands or something it's because like the government there doesn't care and you can't like you know it's if it's a sovereign state you can't really do that much from the outside unless there's political pressure with which with the ransomware we're getting now but like um it's just like what are you why are you so obsessing about this i mean and and all of this is known right it's been known for years that um criminals in russia and they're not this is not putin having like a special spec ops which is just like random guys in like Tripoloski Adidas track suits somewhere in a building just hacking some stuff together but like they know they they write their software in the way in some cases I mean Krebs just wrote about this recently uh, Krebs on security that like lots of the ransomware doesn't like doesn't trigger if you have like a Russian keyboard installed um 
or Ukrainian keyboard because they don't want, they know that like if their malware spreads within Russia and they start attacking like Russian companies, then the fucking FSB will get after them, right? So they're just very careful uh, not to do this. And yes, it's a it's a political thing, you know, that the Russian government's like, okay, this is kind of, you know, we're blurring the lines here. It helps us if like we have an agenda of, let's call it cyber war, and we have states that are in competition with us and we kind of want to hurt them from time to time. And it kind of helps us if we can like blur the lines and there's some criminals and then we have some spank ops hacker people who do this and like the intelligence services and it kind of helps them blur the line but that's not like a traditional like russian thing right it's like so amazing that like the american press thinks this is like oh my god this is such an outrage and the fucking russians and putin right i mean have you heard of iran contra like, if you just have a look at what the CIA pulled in the last 30 years, right? They, they're fucking selling drugs in South America to, or guns or whatever to get, like, money that it's off the book so they can do some uh, operations that don't have to report on to, like, the government oversight. I mean, and they know, like, the fucking government knows that it's, it's not like the president of the United States doesn't know that his intelligence services are doing this, right? It's kind of like Putin. Yes, of course, they, the government knows that there's shit like this happening and they're just using it. All governments do this. Um, I mean, it's like I, I talked on the show here in this in one episode. Oh God, now I have to look up which episode this was. Um, why do I keep referencing old episodes? By the way, I haven't, I haven't referenced this. Go to privatecitizen.press. And this is where you will find all the old episodes and lots of show notes, lots of interesting things. Um, where was the intelligence coup of the century? God, there's so many episodes that I now have to search. No, it's not that one. Uh, episode 14, uh, the intelligence coup of, of the century, which is the story how the BND, the German intelligence service, and um, the CIA basically bought a Swiss company to, to which sold like, you know, encryption hardware to embassies. And they, they bought, they, they like, they fucking, uh, designed insecure machines that they sold to other governments so they could spy on. I mean, what? I don't know. Why does anybody? Why is anybody surprised? Um, oh yeah, actually, Astros here is a good historical point. I like this. It's the same with the British and the pirates. Pirates. This helps the state so quasi legal. We won't do anything if it hurt France. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it's kind of like, you know, the letter of Mark and like the letter from the Queen and I'm a, I'm a privateer and, you know, it's a Mark Knopfler song, privateering. It's pretty cool. Um, he thinks about this. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly the same thing. Like states have been pulling this kind of shit from the beginning. And it's just so amazing that like, I don't know, it must be like, it's like really subtle government propaganda that they managed to uh, get the press to be outraged about like that this is the Russians. And not about the fact that the the actual people at fault is like the fucking politicians who run the sector that you know who run like the energy sector and who who sat there uh while like you know who were responsible while this company like built one pipeline and then there's just one company and there's like no backup systems whatsoever um it's like um the city i'm i come from duisburg is uh 
is a, a port city. It's in the west of Germany. It's just like one city over from Düsseldorf. It's on the Rhine, which is a big-ass river. Um, so it has the biggest um, inland port, uh, at least in Europe. I think there's a bigger one in China now and like the, the in the U.S. at the Great Lakes. There's a bigger one, but like it's a big-ass inland port, right? And um, they're having traffic problems right now uh, because basically uh, in, in collaboration with China, um, the, you know, the new um, Silk Road, which is like a train, a uh, huge train line that goes uh, directly from Shenzhen uh, through China, through all like the stands and all like the middle of fucking nowhere, uh, like through Russia, or whatever, and then down there. And it, it, it terminates in Duisburg. Um, and like they established that to have a second transportation way aside from like the seaway uh, to to Europe. Right, so they they put like the containers on trains, and then they go down, and then they get unloaded in Duisburg Harbor, and um, of course some of them go on ships, and then they go down the Rhine, and you can get them to Amsterdam, whatever. Uh, but a lot of those are actually on um, on trucks. They get loaded onto trucks, and then every, go everywhere. A lot of them actually go up the A2 to Hamburg, which is hilarious. So they like they use the land route to get to Europe and then they get loaded onto I think in some cases like in Hamburg Harbor they just get loaded onto ships then go to America like instead of just going via ship the whole way they just go from uh, from there and then of course the problem is that they're on a truck and they Duisburg is in the middle of the Ruhr area um, has traffic the, the traffic is just collapsing it's, it's been for years. There's way too much traffic. They're not spending anything on the infrastructure. Certainly haven't planned the infrastructure and it's falling apart. Um, because for decades, one of the examples, you know, when, when, when Germany got reunited, uh, in the nineties, um, West, well, you know, people in West Germany started paying as part of their taxes. They paid this thing called Solidaritätszuschlag. German word. Solidaritätszuschlag or Soli for short, which is like this tax. Um, that the western parts of Germany paid and that got transferred to the eastern states to basically bring, uh, you know, help their socialist asses up uh, uh, to a normal development level, you know, c comparable with West Germany. So they built like all these amazing new highways like in, in eastern Germany with barely nobody uses because there's fuck all there. Um, meanwhile, we're paying this in West Germany, like in the Ruhr area, which is like the poorest area in Germany, pretty much most of the unemployment, because it had all the coal mines and all the steelworks and they all got fucked. So, you know, they're actually really poor, but paying the money for the East. Uh, they're building highways there. Meanwhile, in Duisburg, all the highways have been falling apart for decades. So it's like... It's like a problem you could have seen coming, right? The 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 the, the traffic infrastructure is shit, and then you go like, oh, let's let's build a huge ass train train track to China and like unload lots of uh, containers onto trucks. What do you think is gonna happen, right? And now the politicians are always like, ah, oh, we couldn't we couldn't have known. Oh my god, it's such a surprise. And like anybody who's like, you just need to think. About. And that's the same thing. The the, the press isn't going like. What were you doing? They're not asking like the, the 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 people responsible for like traffic planning. Like, what the fuck did you do in the last twenty years? Like, it's it's always like no. Then it's like some other. Then just some random other problem that's that's that they concentrate on. It's like, it's so annoying. Uh, I don't know how 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 we can fix this, how we can get past this, but I think uh, we need to we need to talk about this kind of thing. Um, 
And of course, I mean, in the case of ransomware, I think the political pressure is getting somewhere because this, um, this, these ransomware gangs were making a lot of money and they were having a good life. You know, they were sitting in Russia and the Russian government was going, as long as you don't attack any, any Russian companies, we don't really care. So they could operate with general uh, impunity pretty much. Uh, but then these dark side guys, they screwed it up. And uh, they know they screwed it up and they've actually said so like in some, some forum posts in the dark web um, that they know they screwed it up because basically they, they, they made the one. You can do anything around the world. You can, you can rob, you can steal, you can plunder, you can extort. It doesn't matter. If you, if you go about it in the right way, you can probably get away with it. But there's one thing you don't do. You don't touch anything that has the words U.S., both the words U.S. and oil on it. Because as soon as you do anything to the, to the United States and like oil is involved, they just, you know, we, I mean, you know, look at Afghanistan, right? Um, or Iraq. Um, as soon as you do that, it just, they start waking up. And that's what they did. Now, finally, politicians in the U.S. have woken up and they've realized, oh my God, ransomware is a problem. Of course, they haven't, known, they haven't, realized that the fucking pipeline layout was a problem. No, it's ransomware. So now um, we actually have a lot of political p pressure being exer exerted. And actually, we know um, from some of these uh, posts in like specialized forums, right, on 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 the Tor network, uh, mostly, um, where these people talk to each other, we know that they realized that they screwed it up and that they're actually being pressured. Um, there's like some forum admins who are like basically we can't be doing this anymore some some forums who've banned all discussion of ransomware because they're basically i mean from between the lines you can read like that they had contacts uh and they knew like the government in russia or whatever like didn't care but now they do care because apparently some u.s ambassadors call up some guys in in russia and they're like we can't have you be doing this like dude if you keep doing this this is going to be trouble and now, of course, there's like a task force, the U.S. government task force to battle ransomware. And um, I think this is actually a good uh, development in this case because, you know, some of that that was overdue. One, one could ask, like, why did it take them so long? Like, why didn't, why didn't like, U.S., uh, the U.S. government go and, you know, if there's such a problem and if the press is on about ransomware and cyber attacks all the time, why didn't they pressure... Um, you know, Russia or other other countries in the area. I mean, because this is this is something you can do. I mean, they can. I mean, it's it's pretty clear if you ask to if you if you talk to. I mean, this was the same 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 way like years ago um, when I did like research carding. You know, and and people like cloning, basically stealing credit card information or like uh, debit card information, cloning that, and then. Um, emptying accounts right and transferring the money and like the the they would like do that at atms in london but of course the uh the the backbone of the operation was somewhere in U ukraine or whatever and you, you you talk to the police investigating this and they were like yeah uh we know what's going on we know the people that are involved and we can always like pick up the money mules so we can pick up some of the people here uh, but we can never get to the higher ups because they're always like in Ukraine, and then you go to like the Ukrainian 
police and you get nowhere with collaboration and that's where how you fix this right um it's, it's one of these it's like one of these things where like outlawing encryption is not like you can you can fix this by just police work if you can just get those to collaborate you you know where they are if you just get the local police to take this seriously and and arrest the people um and extradite them like you they don't they don't even have to go through the trouble of like you know running the case you just get them to extradite them and you have the uh you, you have the all the proof and you, you can basically then trial them you know at home in germany or in the uk or wherever um so this is this is this is not like it's it's such a revelation but it's kind of cool that it's actually happening i think um and you know dark side of course they've they've pulled the plug um it's it's kind of not under, understood right now if, if they actually i mean they were saying like we lost um we lost control of our bitcoin wallets or whatever but it kind of looks like it looks also a bit like an exit scam like they just pulled the plug they knew they were they they poked the hornet's nest there and getting too much attention now and they got what money they could didn't pay their affiliates you know because of course this is like ransomware as a service and you know you have you, you provide the um the the infrastructure the service infrastructure and then people use that to actually extort um companies and then they uh pay you i.e the guys running the whole thing uh you know a commission and they, i think they had affiliates to pay and just pull the money or whatever but um but you know it's not going to go away um there, there there will always be hidey holes where people you can do this hide it's just like you know um just like the mafia, you know, <laughs> just, they're, 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 they're always guys. And in some cases, these are like the same guys. That's also why this, it cracks me up that everybody in the press right now is like, oh my God, it's the Russians. It's like, you know, like Twitch chat was joking about. It's like Putin. It's definitely Putin personally doing this. These are just like criminals, you know, like 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 everywhere. Um, so the the bottom line is don't care so much about like, whether whether people doing it are from how the actual tools work, right? Ask the right question. Uh, ask the right questions. Like, why are we not prepared? Why don't we have a plan B for when the computers fail? Why don't they still have backups? Um, why don't they encrypt data where we know it's like privacy relevant? It's like sensitive data. Why isn't that not encrypted? Why don't we have sophisticated access control on that like who can access this when um because we're putting more and more our of our lives online and and and, and our data online and in the cloud and it's it's a no-brainer that like criminals follow that trend and that therefore like all the crime that happens in real life will happen digitally so we need to be prepared for this um it's that's that's the questions that's the questions that should be asked um of course if you if you if you if you go as an expert on tv and you give those kinds of answers um they don't want to hear those right they don't want to hear no it's the russians it's, it's too complicated you'd have to think about that right you'd have to like how do you do that i mean i'm not saying it's easy like especially with the health data and stuff um it's not easy to come up with a system that works and it will never be perfect right but i think we need a trade off right now we have a system where like uh data privacy is 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 not 
built into the design and it's just like you're just trying to comply with some laws and that's it but i i think we need that from the like we need that built in from the beginning just just as we need more secure systems but those will not be like will never be completely secure therefore you'll always be attacked um, therefore we need a plan b and therefore we need to you know care about privacy when the data is stored on the service and who can access this Yep, but just remember, whatever you do, don't mess with with U.S. oil because that'll 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 get you busted pretty fast. That's when they suddenly wake when these like eighty five year old people in Congress suddenly like, what what oil? Did someone say they're threatening our oil. They're threatening our Nancy. They're threatening our oil. <laughs> that's that's when it starts happening. Anyway, um, yeah, I've addressed ransomware. I hope that's the last time I'll have to like talk about it in depth on the podcast. I expect there won't be any new uh, revelations in this arena for a few. It'll just hang around. There'll be some new, more technical, you know, some 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 technical twist. But I think in generally, it's not a it's not an interesting topic. Um, but of course, you know, I think we had to talk about the political implications. Anyway, let's now talk a bit about listener feedback. Which there actually wasn't that much this week. I just have a, a message um, I actually got a while ago from an anonymous listener um, who's German. And he spent some time uh, in a neighboring country recently and then got a message on his phone that said, Hey, you've been in a neighbor, you've been in, a, in this country and now you're back. So you need to quarantine yourself. And he was, he basically asked me to look into this. How this? How are they doing this? Uh, how how is this even GDPR compliant? Um, it is because I mean we talked about this very early on because the Infektionsschutz Gazette obviously doesn't care about privacy. <laughs> That's handy if the government really wants to do some stuff. They're just going ah this, this law we made earlier doesn't apply. Um, but yeah, so I, I I pretty much know how this works. I've also been researching this for a story, some other reports. Um, so I just wanted to know uh, to say that I I, I know uh, and I'm looking into this and I'm uh, actually writing a story about this. So I also will will do an uh, an upcoming episode about this. I have lots of topics. We need to talk about the interplanetary file system, some other stuff. I've, I have this topic that is perfect, like for an extra episode because it's not time sensitive, really, because it's like actually old old stuff, but I think interesting. Uh, and I just don't have to, like, I, as you can tell, I can barely get uh, episodes out, uh, normal episodes out currently. But it'll get better. Times always get better. So uh, we'll get there. And, of course, uh, we also had some live feedback throughout the show via Twitch, which is also great. Um, <laughs> as we'll see, just joking around now. Someone from Russia hacked our oil pipeline. Let's invade some Middle Eastern country. Yeah, exactly. Um I think the um I think there's they like that Russia thing so much because they're basically you can't really do anything about it because like Russia is like and maybe China are like the two countries that you can't invade right <laughs> even the Americans can't just like on a whim go let's like fucking kick their ass so everybody knows that so it's kind of like just complaining and the politicians like it because they just can they can just 
seem important and they can do some things that are not that much important uh, but they can do like oh let's do some uh, uh, what do uh, what do they always do um, sanctions or whatever sorry I'm distracted we have like this this little bit of a park on, on the other side of the road and there's like uh, these these things you can sit on. There was this woman with a very cute small dog, and uh, he jumped on the little chair, and she was teaching him tricks. And I was I was getting really interested by that. Um, everybody like I'm living in this. Um, it's all these flats around here, and in the pandemic, everybody got dogs. Like literally, there's like, especially on a day like this when I'm like working and I'm looking out and everybody's like just having a day off you just you just constantly see puppies it's oh, everybody has puppies like well some people have kids anyway but like <laughs> most of them like most of the people that don't have kids and some of the people that have kids just got puppies there's like puppies everywhere um at least it's germany and they're all picking up the poop um very so there's no dog poop lying around everybody picks up their own poop because you have you have curtain twitches as well probably going you want to pick, pick up that poop anyway puppies everywhere um yeah so that's about it for the feedback if you have some feedback go to privatecitizen.press uh as usual all the show notes are there all the stuff i talked about um all the information is there so you can the goal of this po- oh, this is it is a cute dog she's coming back um that's a cute lady. Maybe I should close this window when I do podcasts and get distracted. I mean, she's like she's like teaching the dogs to jump over the chair and stuff like that, and like uh, stand up on the chair and and uh, give her the paw. <laughs> Amazing. Um, yeah. So uh, please uh, give me feedback on the show. I want you to think for yourself, and I want you to, um, you know comment on things that you disagree with um maybe i'm completely wrong about ransomware maybe ransomware is the problem or maybe you have a solution or you know something i don't know uh, i'd be interested in that private citizen press uh go to contact at the top there's also an episodes link where you can find all of these old episodes um as a, if you just started listening there's 71 other episodes um a lot of these are not you know so news i mean some of the COVID stuff i uh, did last year is pretty pretty time you know was pretty time specific uh, but it could be like a nice way to travel back in time to the when this all all this mess started um, but there's lots of like evergreen episodes that you can you can listen to that you get some interesting information out of i think um yeah and with that we have to talk about how um how we can make sure that this show stays on the air As you can tell by the fact uh, that I continuously have other shit to do, um, I also have other shit to do besides sitting around all day uh, watching cute dogs uh, do tricks and produce podcasts. And, um, you know, as a freelance journalist, I kind of try to uh, make some money once in a while, um, which is a nice bonus. So this show works on the value for value model, which means you get it for free. And then if you think you derive some value from it, you can give back. There are several methods um, if you want to do this. Of course, you can write in, give me feedback. You can give me ideas for topics uh, you want covered. That's all producing the show. That's all very important. Um, 
but I also need some monetary help. If you want to do that, there's some some established methods for that. We have Patreon, which is kind of my favorite because it's like a subscription thing and it gives me like a nice base. So I know like, okay, I'm getting some money this this month. Um, Patreon link is in the show notes. You can also go there and see how much money I'm making. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have that switched on on Patreon. I'm very uh, transparent with that. So you're not seeing that I'm just like laughing and rolling in gold here. <laughs> Uh, just just throwing euros uh showing in euros every morning um right if you don't want to some uh you know don't you if you don't want to um i was gonna say submit but that's the wrong word um commit commit to like a monthly thing you can also just use paypal you just send off one-off contributions producers at fab.industries email address for that and of course, I'm doing this live on Twitch, uh, which means you can also subscribe to my Twitch channel, which helps out. And uh, if you have Amazon Prime, you can do that. You can subscribe to one channel for free and you could you keep the show on the air that way. And uh, that would be great. And now comes the point where I have to thank everybody because like one of the things I think is really important about this is that I give credit to everybody. So first off, we have the Patreon subscribers and also uh people send off one uh one of paypal donations so uh thanks to george's steve hose butterbeans jonathan m heavy dave michael mullen jensen vlad jackie place philip klostermann michael small jaroslav lichtblau ikn kai sears fadi mansur bennett piata joe poser dirk didi larry glock tobias david potter matt jollyman mika martin sandman 616 Dave Amrish, Mr. Amish, Avis, Drive Zero, Ricky M, Barry Williams, Jonathan Edwards, Rizal, Captain Eckhart, Cam, D, RJ Tracy, No Reply, Robert Forster, Super User, and Rick Bragg. Thanks to all of you. Um, and I have a very, uh, we have many Patreon levels. It starts at like $1, whatever you want to do. But there's a special, um, I think it's called Executive Producer, like 60 dollars i mean it's all plus taxes uh a month thing and if you subscribe to that and you stay subscribed for three months you get a special shirt and we have our second shirt on the way um so i've, I've been told by patreon good news steve steve hose your shirt should be on the way please let me know how you like it um if you get it and that's uh, uh it's just a patreon thing they do they they fulfill that so i have no idea um i just got a message that they're they're sending that out that's pretty cool and then i have to thank my twitch subscribers mike the dane bacon the pork flash gordo mode 7 is unavailable sandman 616 acarontas 7 or acarontas v maybe redeemer f harry vatana centuria purtis gal Terran, and also indie gamex who just subscribed resubscribed uh, been subscribed for six months um, just before we were doing starting this before I was starting this recording uh, and I also always have to thank ByteMark at ByteMark.co.uk for providing the servers that the audio files reside on and that you know the audio files get served from when you request them to listen to the podcast um, yeah thanks everybody thanks for listening that was it for this week uh, as I said I'm going to try to come back to the Wednesday schedule. Definitely going to deliver you one episode a week. We'll see. We'll see what happens next week. Um, I'll try to get another episode out 
before I die of a uh, blood clot in my brain from the vaccine. Um, so then at least you have one one more episode. I'll, I'll try to do <laughs> uh, I was, uh, was saying earlier uh, before we started recording that that would be hilarious. Like if I die of a blood clot from a vaccine instead of like, you know, the obvious, a motorcycle accident. Or that time I did bungee jumping or skydiving. Or that time I was in a very small airplane. <laughs> Uh, diving I did some diving could have died there um, I don't know STDs probably that would be more likely anyway that would be funny that would be hilarious um, if that happens please laugh at me after my death uh, or laugh with me because I'll be laughing as well <laughs> um, anyway uh, let's wrap this up uh, I'm gonna ha run away um The theme song uh, of this show is called Acoustic Roots by Raul Kabzali. I like that very much. But I'm going to play you out uh, as I've started doing this year, which I really like um, because I, I got a license from Epidemic Sound and I like to use their music now. So I'm going to play you out with some instrumental, I don't know what this is, launch jazz. I just kind of liked it. It has a funny title. It's called Struggles of a Microbe by William Cleason. I guess that is Charlie Lima, Alpha Echo, Sierra, Oscar November, William Cleason. Anyway, I kind of like that song. So uh, I'll, I'll play you out with that. Um, see you next week. And then hopefully uh, I'll, I'll see you for many, many weeks after. But, you know, we never know. Vala Morghulis. Thank you.